Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Friday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Mac, this is our last preview episode. Are of you the breaking season that with me? Without <laughs> no, Max, they like what? Without college? Wow, <laughs> Mac. Yes, I was waiting to do this live to see how you would react. No, with this is our last preview show for a weekend without college football playoff rankings. Come on. It's real, baby. I'm excited. I'm jacked up. We get to actually look at rankings that matter, Mm -hmm. that have something to do with the future. And it's going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see. Give me me a quick hot take. Mm -hmm. Just tell me where you think people will be. Okay. Well, they're on Tuesday, by the way. ACC. Not knowing I don't care about anybody. (laughs) Well, it is an ACC football podcast. Um, I'll tell you this, Mac. I, I won't have Oregon in my top four, um, unlike some other people. I think it'll be good to have the playoff rankings on with the committee making picks and not certain people who just want to ruffle feathers and throw out hot not takes. Not people who get paid to ruffle feathers. Yeah. We'll just say it that way. I think, you know, it depends what happens this weekend. Depends what happens, of course, with, with Michigan true. and it's things little, like that. It's a little unfair. But little I think unfair. Clemson, if things hold, Pat, let's say things hold, I think Clemson will be five but with plenty of chances to move up. I, I just don't see a world where you leave out an undefeated ACC champion Clemson, especially a team that's pedigree and, and all that matters. And this team's won two national championships in the playoff era. So do you think they will be five because that's what you think, or you think they're five no, I because think, that's what you think? I think they will, gonna... the committee will put them five. I think that's where, where do you the committee think will they be should five. be. I mean, I, I, I think the big 10 as I've always said, is a vastly overrated product. So I don't think Michigan is better than Clemson. So I, I think I put Clemson four when you look at all the ranked teams they've beaten. Yeah. But I think they'll put them five. Yeah. And then beyond that, okay. you know, if Wake wins, I think Wake should be nine or ten. And then if Syracuse wins, I think Syracuse should be right there around the 15 mark. If UNC wins, if they hold on, they should be in the in the 20s. And if NC State wins, which, by the way – you will know if NC State has won because we're recording this Thursday, uh, Wednesday. What day is it? Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon. <laughs> and so we will talk about NC State and Virginia Tech on Sunday. We'll recap that game. But if they hold on, I think NC State should still be ranked, maybe right around 24 or 25. Right. What do you think? So five ranked teams. I- I'm with you. I, I think all but of But those I are big ifs. Wake Forest. Win. Yeah, Wake-, Wake Forest takes care of business. Certainly should be top 10. Carolina should probably be top um, – Top 20, yeah, 20 uh, I think yeah. in the 20s, like maybe 19 or 20. Um, Q should be top 15. And then, yeah, N- NC State right on the fringe. It- it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they handle NC State um, just because of the injuries. And, yeah. again, just this game looks like right. uh, that, that has already happened. So it- it'll be fun. I can't wait. But that- that's the most fun to debate. And then I cannot wait to see – who the chair? I can't even remember who the chairman is, but the chairman that, that gets you know sent to the wolves and and we grilled him on. Now why why the heck did y'all do right. this? What what were you thinking here? Putting Oregon at six? What what were you thinking there? I can't wait. I can't the wait. Oregon thing is baffling, and we can talk about it more next week. But yeah, they've looked good since in the Pac-12, and but we saw them get blown out by Georgia, who honestly, Aired yeah, out. I mean, destroyed. Who hasn't looked amazing no. since then. So no. we're just forgetting K- KG, about that game. I have to, I have to, right. I have to bring this up too. I, I went on this CBS radio deal and this host had the audacity to tell me 
that the Big 12 was playing better than the ACC mm. and that the Pac-12 was playing better than the ACC. And I was just the like, Pac-12? I don't know if you've been watching no. it all. <laughs> no, look at the ranked teams. Come on. Well, don't look at Oregon. Unreal. I, I don't Unreal. understand the obsession. I, I think they just want to keep someone in Pac-12 relevant. And because Southern Cal right. lost to Utah, now it's all about Oregon, I, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, let's dive into our big three here for this weekend. And, Mac, I think this first game we're going to talk about is the most important game of the weekend for the Atlantic Coast Conference. And it is Notre Dame at number 16, Syracuse. Syracuse right now is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a noon game on ABC. Syracuse getting those noon primetime ABC slots as we all thought they would. But, (laughs) Mac, this game is so important. Notre Dame, since they've come in and started playing, what is it, five or six ACC games a year, they've really dominated. And, yeah, Notre Dame's been good. Like, people say it like it's an insult. Oh, Notre Dame's dominant. Well, in those years, like 17, 18, 19, 20, Notre Dame's been very good. Now, this year they're having a down year. But this is a massive game for not just Syracuse. I hate to put all this pressure on Syracuse, but it's a massive game for Syracuse and I think for the ACC in general because Syracuse is such a highly ranked team. No, I think you got to put that pressure on Syracuse. Like this is this is it. I mean, you've had two games in a row here now. One that like actually was a Super Bowl type mm-hmm. game with playing Clemson to go in. Now this next one is all about perception. Even though Notre Dame is terrible, they're, they're a bad. But that's football the problem. Team, horrible offense. <laughs> that's what makes it. But it's still worse. a brand nationally. If you lose this game. People are like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Nationally, if you win this game, they're still like, oh, my God, Syracuse beat Notre Dame? It doesn't True. matter what their record is. It's Notre Dame. It's a name that, for whatever reason, holds this great relevancy in college football. So, Mac, to it's, me, it's I, because I think of the you, 40s. It's because of the 40s. <laughs> right. It's because of Rudy. Freaking Rudy, who was offsides, by the way. Um, anyway, when I look at this, KG, and, and, and look at these guys, I think it's going to be interesting to see mentally – where are right. you? And everything that I've read, everything that I've heard interview-wise, seems like they're ready. They're bounced back. You know, they're they're pissed about the game against Clemson, but there's still a ton out in front of them. And I think they understand that. And, and as a team, very mature when, when you see the leadership that they have, how old and veteran these guys are, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I, I think it's just next guy up. I'm very happy that this game's in the dome. Mm-hmm. They get to come back to a sold-out Syracuse that's going to be jumping and, and excited and going nuts. So, all those different factors, you know, coming to mind here, I think that's you know really great for Syracuse. The, the the thing that I have to see, KG, that we must see is Sean Tucker getting the football. Correct. Get, get him the rock. I, I know that he touched it 10 times, but he only ran it five. And Clemson took away the zone read. Don't run the zone read. Run power, run counter, run draw, run anything where he has the football. And so to me, KG, that's the biggest thing that I'm watching in this is how do they get him involved? Do, do not lose a game with your best weapon fully loaded, sitting there saying, what are we doing? I'm healthy. Give me the football. So that, that's the thing that I'm really paying attention to and watching in this game. 100%. And Dino said that in his presser this week. He said, Sean Tucker, he had five carries, as we said. That was tied for the fewest in his career. Dino said that is right. unacceptable with those five carries Crazy. against Clemson. So Crazy. I believe they're going to remedy that. I believe they're going to get him the ball. And Notre Dame is, they're about middle of the pack nationally in rush defense. Mm-hmm. They're giving up 140 right. yards per game. So they they can get got in that running game. So I think Syracuse is going to take advantage of that. I, I love for Syracuse that they're at home. 
That place has been loud. The dome has been rocking and they have played really well at home. They're undefeated at home. My concern for Syracuse, I think they're going to get Sean Tucker the ball. I think they're going to go back to their bread and butter. But what really beat them against Clemson and what has been an issue for them all year is they're averaging 9.6 penalties per game. One of the worst marks in the country. And you can ask any Syracuse fan. People have the audacity to complain about penalties when that's just who you are. Well, true. But you can ask any Syracuse fan. A a few of those yellow flags, they feel like cost them the game against Clemson. And that's fine. I agree. But also your team has a reputation for doing this. And you are. I think a lot of it is that defense, Mac, which we love. Because that defense plays with an edge. But at times... They do a little too much. They got to ring that in a right. little bit. <laughs> you, you you just have to play within the whistle, within the lines. Don't <laughs> be hitting people out of bounds, uh, and you'll be just fine. But I, when I look at this, you know, matchup defensively, it, it's it should shape out really well. You know, for the Cuse Orange, when when you see that linebacking core uh, getting after the quarterback, stopping the run, defending the pass. One guy you better know where he is, Michael Mayer, yeah. the best tight end in all of He's college freaky. football. Better than Brock Bowers. Uh, draft eligible. Let me okay. put an All asterisk right, it, by this. Uh, actually, I would take I would take Mayer. He's a better tight end. Okay. Bauer's more like a H bag. Yeah. he's freaky. He's definitely a better athlete. But I want a guy that's going to block you, you, put did. your hand in the you dirt. Um, so I'm going with Mayer. So, so you need to know where he is. And you know, honestly, on on short yardage, on, on second and three, on third and three, that's who they're throwing the football to. So please do not give him 12 yards of coverage. You need to be on him. You need to press him. Throw off the timing of the route, and, and you'll have a good shot here. And with Gadsden and, and the fact that he's kind of this flex tight end. I mean, we, we might see be seeing the future of the league tight end here uh, with these two tight ends. So I, I'm excited to see it. It's going to be a fun like matchup, that. KG. At the end of the day, my, my keys for Syracuse are get your playmaker the football. I just said it a thousand times. Sean Tucker has to be more involved. If we're going to lose a game – I would love to lose that with him getting the ball 15 plus times like that. Then I'm like, okay, we did the best we could. This was our best effort offensively. You've got to get that done. Totally agree. I think you and I can, can coach that. Um, We believe (laughs) that Dino will of course figure that out. And I think overall Schrader, Schrader needs to play a little more consistently than he did last week. He had some great moments. And then that second half, they really struggled and um, Schrader made some mistakes. So I think you'll see him bounce back. My stat for this game, and of course, this is um, this is not good, Matt, Uh-oh. but I have to share it. Uh-oh. Syracuse last beat Notre Dame in 2008. Oh, it's not it too was far. a long time ago. Uh, Mac, you and I were in high school. This was a while ago. Oh, we old so now. Long. You have a kid. And, <laughs> and Syracuse hasn't really played Notre Dame close since Notre Dame joined the ACC. Mm-hmm. They've played four times. None of those games have been close. So... This is a little different than Clemson. We talked about that game where Syracuse has a confidence. They have played well against Clemson. They passed down the tails of the 2017 game and other games. They don't have that against Notre Dame. That being said, it's in the dome. Notre Dame, Syracuse is the better football team. They should win this game. Sean Tucker is going to get the rock. I'm taking Syracuse minus two and a half. That's still a pretty low number, but I mean, look, I think the dome is probably worth three points. So give me Syracuse minus two and a half. You're saying they win. That's all that I care about. That's what I'm orange. saying. I should have gotten orange and had it right here and just like took a massive chunk out of it. That would have been entertaining. It would have been entertaining. Uh, a little messy, but um, orange yeah. get it done. I, I truly think that. I think that this offense is going to bounce back nicely. 
I think the consistency piece is a big deal. This this Notre Dame defensive line is good. They're going to get after you know Schrader. I, I think the Cuse Orange offensive line has played admirably well. Got to build on that. Continue to escape the pocket. And at the end of the day, these guys take care of business. Forty eight. Anytime I see forty eight, I always get hung up because mm. it's such a weird low number. It, it's just you know this awkward thing here. I think because the way that this could stall out with a good defensive line from, yeah. from Notre Dame with a really good defense from Syracuse. I think I'm going to go under taking cues for the points and I'm going to go under, even though I don't like that. I don't like it. 24, 17, something like that. Put me I to sleep. Just let me game. take a nap in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There may, may not be too much offense. Um, Mac, a game where I think there will be offense is our next game here in our big three breakdown. Number 10, Wake Forest at Louisville. This is 3.30 on ACC Network. Wake is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And breaking news, Eric McClain is calling this game, so I am super excited to watch this. Again, 3.30, ACC Network. So Mac is going to big-time us today. He is going to break down the game, but he cannot make a pick because he's about to get on his wheels-up jet and fly to Louisville. So he does not have time to make a pick. We have to understand this. this is what superstars do. But we can break down this game, Mac. You're too kind. You're too kind. I can't <laughs> wait for this matchup. I mean, the fact that I, I get to see this in person, you know, makes it even that much better. And, and to call this game, which I'd love to do, and uh, just to be on this assignment, it's going to be really fun. So very grateful for that opportunity. But when I look at it, what's crazy to me is that FBI, it favored yes. Louisville. That they think the cards are going to rock and roll here. So, so it's fascinating to me. The disrespect to Wake Forest, who is the number 10 team in the country, but also the belief in the Cards, who have been on a two-game win streak here where the first game they didn't have their quarterback. It was the first ever time that we, we've seen this kind of new look from them. And then the, the, the next game, they it's a terrible offensive output. I think their lowest output of the season. And by the way, that was the first time in the Scott Satterfield era we've seen them come back to win a game in the fourth quarter ever. It's like one in 12 or something like that. It's crazy. So it's weird that it's not these overwhelming dominating performances that FBI is like, oh yeah, Louisville's got this. So it's interesting to me what FBI, what FBI knows there, KG. It doesn't make sense. But I, I do think being at home, there's a factor there. Because as we've said, Louisville's not played many home games, and now they're getting some home games on their schedule. But it's flat out disrespect for Wake Forest. It is. Let's just call it what it, it is. Disrespect. Is. I saw this stat came from our guy, Brian Ives. This, this shows, I think, why we get some disrespect for Wake, because the ESPN computers and the guys doing all this, they're not used to Wake being in the AP Top 10. The Deeks are ranked in the AP Top 10 for the second straight season after never being ranked in the AP Top 10 in the first 85 years of the poll. Mm. That is unbelievable. So these computers are just like overheating and malfunctioning because they don't know how to handle this match. But you know what? We're humans with brains. We can handle it. Wake Forest is really good. And at least Vegas has them favored. At least Vegas knows what they're doing. But again, this this is why Wake gets disrespect because Vegas does this. I you know, I think Louisville has every chance to be in this game because Malik Cunningham, if he's out there for the whole game, is a special talent. But this is a game where Wake, I think, needs to go make a statement and say, yeah, we're top 10. We're we need to go win this game and win it. They've big. got to flex their muscles. They absolutely have yeah. to. I think when when you want to, you know, gain that respect that, that Coach Clawson is is harping about, that all these players are harping about, it's games like this that that you go on the road and and you make that happen. A game where 
I think if you just blindly put these two teams' resumes up, you, you would say this isn't even going to be a close game. What, what are you talking about? And so, yeah. you know, go and getting it done. Obviously, we play you know the game for a reason. But when I look at Wake Forest offensively, KG, and, and I look at what Louisville wants to do on the defensive side of the ball, there's there's a little bit of caution tape here for me in in regards to Louisville because those guys love to blitz. They, they blitz the second most. In the, in the conference here, they lead the conference in sacks. They've been really successful at doing so. On the other side of that, this is where the caution tape comes. Sam Hartman will light you up. Like, he is yeah. unreal against the Blitz. He sees it. He knows it's coming. And guess what? He's throwing the ball right where you came from to one of these freaky wide receivers that most of the time it goes for a touchdown. So, to me, it's going to be fascinating to see the approach from Louisville. What are we going to do? Because this guy is so good that this guy has 70-plus passing touchdowns in the past two years. It's third in the entire country between the Heisman Trophy winner and the potential number one overall pick. And, uh, you know, two guys that are very, very good, playing at a super high level here, Bryce Young and and C.J. Stroud. So to me, KG, I don't know what they're going to do. I I think you really try to rely on that big defensive line. You try to rely on Diaby, who's been playing at another level. I kind of count Montgomery in that too because they run an odd front. He's kind of a stand-up, you know, outside linebacker, defensive end. Uh, excuse me, Abdullah, and just get those guys going. Let them go hunt. And if you can keep guys in coverage, if you cannot, you know, try to heat Sam, you know, Hal up where where he Sam Hartman, where he goes right behind you for for six, then you've got a chance. But Wake's just playing at such a high level now offensively. Their defense is playing really good. It, it, it's going to be fascinating, KG. I cannot wait to see this game in person. Well, I can't wait to watch it and. <laughs> I think that's that's where this game, you're right, because Louisville, they want to get after you, they want to blitz, and Wake gets the ball out so quickly that their offense is kind of made for that. But if you can get to Sam Hartman and get him on the ground, put him behind the sticks, at least I think it's worth it to not go away from what you do right. if you can blow up a drive or two with a blitz and slow down this I, I certainly think you try. You, you've got to start there, and then yeah. if you get burned a couple times, it's like, but okay, be smart all right, it, right, what are we going to do? You know, what's, what's the reaction? Right. What, what's the response there? Exactly. Um, with this game too, Mac, I, I don't, I don't want to start any rumors or anything. I don't know, but I'm not convinced that Malik Cunningham is is feeling a hundred percent. I don't know if it's the aftermath of the concussion or what, because he just hasn't looked like himself really right. all season. Yeah. I mean, he has five passing touchdowns, and this is a guy who is responsible for 114 total touchdowns mm-hmm. as a Louisville Cardinal. So until I can see Malik Cunningham kind of be himself, which is what he did last year. This game was very close last year. It was decided by a field goal, and Malik Cunningham was exceptional. So if he's not going to be that Malik Cunningham, then I, I've got to lean Wake for the other reasons as well, the Wake side of it. But it just feels like he's not himself right now, Mac. Am, am I off on that? No, I, I agree. Everything that you've seen on film, it's just like, man, what's what's going on? And, and there's some health yeah. issues, obviously, with, with him having to sit out and then going in and out a couple of times in the right. game and, and not being fully himself. But – this is the game to have a breakout party. I mean, this is the game where the, the nation's going to be watching. You're playing the number 10 team in the entire country. And quite frankly, you're going to be the best athlete on the field. So so what can you go do if healthy? And if, you know, given the, the, the opportunity there. So it, it's going to be interesting, KG. I, I think it will be great for Louisville if, you know, they get Tyon Evans back. Obviously, that one-two punch that they've been missing for a couple of weeks now. Uh, just, just seeing who's going to step up in his place. Cooley obviously did that. Uh, Cunningham, of course, the, the presence that he brings running the football. 
But this Wake Forest defense has been playing really well of late mm-hmm. uh, and, and making great progress. They're, they're top 10 in turnover margin. They're, they're going to get their hands on the football. Louisville's really good at turnover margin as well. Uh, but the rush defense has been superb, you know, these last couple of games from Wake Forest, seeing the things and how they're doing it. That big defensive line being right there, causing disruption, linebackers flying all over the place. And then, you know, big Mustafa in the backfield, number three at the, the safety position, He's really been playing at a high level. So to me, KG, it's how do you want to attack? Because what really, you know, I think is some of Louisville's biggest issue this year is they don't necessarily have that go-to home run deep threat. Like, like Hudson is trying to be that guy, and I think certainly there's been flashes of it, but there, there is no 2-2 Atwell. There is no Des Fitzpatrick. These guys that would just take off and, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards downfield, they're, they're making the big-time plays. I remember a couple of years ago, and I can't remember, it had to be Tutu and Mikhail, uh, Malik Cunningham, but they led the country in 90-yard passing touchdown, 80-yard passing touchdown, 60-yard, like they don't have that. Wow. Like, that is such a yeah. massive piece of this offense when you look at that explosive plays, that explosive home run ability, and they just they, they don't have that outside of Cunningham and the things he can do you know, running the football. So that's been a big problem. I think that's why we've seen this team – be up and down, team of mystery at times, and uh, feeling good, though, momentum. I mean, two in a row, mindset is everything, mentality is everything, confidence is everything, and Louisville, their backs were against the wall, and, and they've responded. I think they're still a team of mystery because they beat Virginia <laughs> with a backup quarterback, and then they beat Pitt um, really not doing anything on offense last last week. So we're not sure. It just feels like there are no easy touchdowns for Louisville. I and agree, which is In the last crazy. couple of years, it would be – a screen pass to Atwell and he's gone. You know, it's you need some of those easy plays mm-hmm. to make your offense feel good. Here's my stat for this game, and it talks about both these quarterbacks. As I mentioned earlier, Malik Cunningham is responsible for 114 total touchdowns in his career. <laughs> Sam Hartman is responsible for 110. Combined, these two quarterbacks have been responsible for 224 total touchdowns. Both these guys are two of the best that have done it in the ACC. Sam Hartman, with three passing touchdowns, can pass Phillip Rivers to move into second in ACC history. Mac, of course, would love to call some ACC history. (laughs) Mac is not making a pick on this game. But as I said earlier, because it just doesn't feel like Malik Cunningham is that guy right now that's responsible for 114 total touchdowns for whatever reason, and because we both think Wake is is good, this is a top-10 team, I think Wake finds a way. Wake minus three and a half. I think they end up winning by 10 um, of course, it would be better for them if they could win this by 14 or 20 and, and prove a point. But sure. I think Louisville at home is is going to be a formidable foe. Yeah. So I'm taking Wake minus three and a half. I, I think that's a, a safe pick. And I, I think when you look at it and you look at how, okay, Sam Hartman, as you said, he is is special. The, the guy can create. He's just such a pocket presence-led guy. He, he knows how to get the ball to his his big wide receivers. He knows in space this is what I can do. And just the way that he runs this offense, KG, and gets it, you know, to legitimately five guys that could start anywhere in the country. I've said this time and time again, and really the more film I watch on it, when I look at Ohio State's wide receivers and I look at Wake Forest wide receivers, I think you can interchange those guys easily and you don't know who's who. Like at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, that's how much talent there is at Wake Forest and the things that they're able to do, the problems, the matchup. I mean, it's. Good luck, you know, to Louisville and, and what they're going to be able to accomplish. So potential for a lot of fireworks for Louisville, guaranteed a lot of fireworks for Wake Forest and the things they're going to be able to do. 
Mac, I love how politically correct you were with that breakdown. You gave us Louisville positives. <laughs> you gave us weight positives. You gave us weaknesses for both teams. Is a pro. You're a pro. And I know you got to catch that private jet. Flag. There's a Swedish flag right yeah. here. <laughs> you got to catch that private jet. So we'll, we'll continue on here with the show. Our final game in our big three is Pitt at number 21, North Carolina. UNC is a three-point favorite. The total is 64 and a half because UNC. This is an 8, 8 p.m. game on Can you ACC dive into Network. that for a second? Because when you say because of UNC, um, you of course mean, yes, they can Drake score. Man. But what else? Their defense can't well, stop anybody. So, well. of course, the there's going to be a lot of points. <laughs> and, you know, that's always the question with UNC. It's, it's like a broken record. We know that the offense is going to score near 40, and we need to know if they can – hold the other team to 39. Right. I mean, that, that's the question. And you'd think with this Pitt team, Mac, that is really struggling offensively. They know their identity. Their identity is Izzy Abanacanda. Right. But at, you'd think teams are going to start to figure that out, even though he's, he's just been flat-out special. But the QB play, it, that's the big contrast in this game for me. You've got Drake May, who uh, is playing like a Heisman hopeful. I mean, he is. And then you got Keaton Slovis, who's really struggling mm-hmm. for a pit. Mm-hmm. And I think when, when you look at it, how good can this UNC defense play? I mean, I, I think that'll that'll be what sets yeah. the tone. Can, can they continue to build, although it be marginally, although it is two game-sealing interceptions to win the game for UNC? <laughs> okay. Can they take another step in a struggling offense in pit and turn it up a notch? The run defense mm-hmm. has been pretty good for UNC. So now you're having a team – you know, that that's all they do. That's who they are. That's all that they can positively, you know, gain yards and score points doing. Let's see. Stack it up. Run that box up and, and say, beat us with your arm. Trust your guys outside. Trust those right. five-star recruits that you have at cornerback. Line them up and let's see what they can do. I think that's the next step. And, again, that builds confidence for a defense in UNC that, that has remotely – or, or mostly struggled here and, and going into the thick of this season. And, you know, when you're starting to get to championship phase and get in November uh, and, and be looking square at a, a potential bid for Charlotte and, and maybe playing a Clemson Tiger team that's loaded. So for me, that's where UNC's mindset needs to be defensively. Find Pitt's offense. I'm, I'm riding Izzy as, as hard as I can. Yeah. As much as he can carry this football team, I'm giving him the ball. I'm, I'm going to look at him Literally. after every series, say, hey, how you feel? You good? Okay, let's go. Do it again. And uh, until proven otherwise, you know, that that's what you're going to do. Would I like to see them throw the ball? Did I have way higher expectations? I did. But we're at eight, nine games in the season. you you got to figure it out now. You, you've got to identify who you are, what you are, and move accordingly, KG. You do. And even after the West Virginia game, I, I had high expectations. 300 yards, yeah. Good. I mean, he lit, he lit it But up. he did have an injury. I, I think that has been part of this, and I'm not sure how healthy he is overall. UNC's rush defense is still is still bad. I mean, they're, it's because their numbers their numbers overall are bad. I mean, they're dead last in the ACC in rush defense, but it's been better than their pass defense. So you'd think maybe they could slow down Izzy Abanikanda a little bit, a little bit. I also don't like. I like that UNC's at home. I don't like they're coming off a bye. UNC coming off buys under Mac Brown has not been great. It's been weird how they don't do well coming off a buy. Yeah, I, I, I don't think, like that. I Mac. Think there's there's a little history in this game. If you think a year ago, uh, you know the, yes, the hurricane, the overtime crazy. hurricane game up in Pittsburgh, a monsoon. a monsoon where it only rained, where North Carolina had the football. That was wild. <laughs> it was wild. Kenny Pickett, the heroics in that game was crazy. Um, so I, I think that's in the the recent memory. 
I think it's a sellout. So obviously Keenan's going to be jumping. Can't wait to night see game. that environment in a night game. And, and then just, you know, understanding the moment, understanding that if we win this game, it's close to a virtual lock that, that we're in the coastal champion and we're playing a you know, in the ACC championship. It, it's right there. It's right there. And it so is. KG, when I look at it and I think about this offense and just knowing what's at stake, understanding the personnel and the player that we have in Drake May, I think these guys roll. I mean, you're looking at a Pitts defense that struggling. I mean, not really at all what I thought they would be this year, kind of in general with Pitt. A defensive line that they've showed flashes, but not too much consistency in, in regards to what we're used to seeing from them. Servassier Dennis has played really well, so you need to know where he is, identifying him at the linebacker position, and make sure you have a running back blocking him, an extra hat on the offensive line sliding to him, or just an answer in the, in the hot game. So, at the end of the day, I, I think that North Carolina rolls here and, and really, you know, is is prime and ready, you know, for this run that they're about to go on. Mac, the only reason why UNC loses this game is because it's a college football game. <laughs> is because are you telling me that's what I'm going to be tweeting that later that don't night? <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. Now this is the last. This is the Halloween weekend. Halloween is Monday. Spooky. Halloween weekend. So there are spooky things that happen, and it's coastal chaos, which is the division that, you know, represents Halloween <laughs> and all the things that Halloween stands for. So here's my stat. UNC is 6-0 and all-time at home versus Pitt. Okay, pretty good. UNC has a 95% chance to win the coastal per ESPN. It, it just feels like uh-huh. the coastal uh-huh. has honestly not been chaotic enough. So you're expecting And it's it. Halloween, Mac. Oh, no. That being said, I'm taking UNC minus. Oh, they're, they're better. They're better. Yes. They're better. Yes. Tar heels. Tar. <laughs> they're better, but still, this game. This game uh, spooks me the most. Okay. Out of all the big okay, I'm, I'm glad you're getting that out there. I, I, I'm just not. I just, I just. I'm just not spooked by it. I, I think that Drake is that you're guy. Not buying into my Halloween. No, I, I just. Here. I think it's going to be rocking. I think the environment is going to matter. I think that's going to help energize yeah. these guys. I don't think you know Carolina gets lulled to sleep by the ten people that are in the crowd at the Miami game and, and just forget how to play football in the second half. So with all that, I, I think these guys play really well. So my key to the game for North Carolina is you have to protect protect Drake. Like, you, you cannot allow this, you know, inconsistent defensive line, this defensive pass rush to have their best game, which is certainly possible. Um, and, and then for the Pittsburgh side, you, you've got to be good in coverage. They're going to test you. They're going to push the ball downfield. Don't let Josh Downs, don't let any of these guys just go screaming down the field and have these massive plays because your offense can't keep up. Your offense can't, you know, score. Right. 55 if they need be. Now, if Virginia Tech was out there, we, we saw that you certainly can. But I think this North Carolina defense, as crazy as it sounds, is better than that. And, and I think they contain Izzy. So with that in mind, KG, uh, I am also taking the heels. And I think I'm going to go under. 64 is a lot. I, I think that – I think Pitt struggles. How much Pitt score? Yeah, I think Pitt struggles to score. Okay. Yeah, I can see the under there. We'll see. The game is spooky. We'll see. Okay, three more games to run through here. Two very sad games, Mac. Let's talk the two sad games. We'll finish with Georgia Tech, Florida State. <laughs> um, this game also is spooky. I, this is one of my you better not oh, no. games. Boston College at UConn. You better not. At UConn. Y- you better UConn's not. In UConn the ACC. is playing at a home ACC schedule. Boston College is a seven and a half point favorite. First of all, that is embarrassing. Boston College, that you're only a seven and a half point favorite. And 
Actually, uh, UConn has more wins on the season than Boston College. UConn's won three games. They just lost to Ball State, though. So <laughs> let's pull it together here, BC. I don't have much else to say. This is a noon game on CBS Sports Network, except you better not, BC. I'm taking BC minus the point. Yeah, I went on a podcast this morning, KG, and we were talking about NFL prospects in the ACC. And the question was asked, who was the most impressive that you have seen live and in person? Mm. Out of all the great players that I've seen, I said Zay Flowers. I thought that Zay has stepped his game up so much from the past three years, just in regards to what he looks like physically, what he's doing, his escapability, his explosiveness. I mean, this guy can make you miss in in a phone booth. He's that twitchy. Mm -hmm. And so to me, all of that is finally adding up to the on-field success in these numbers where he's leading the ACC in receptions, he's leading the ACC in yards, he's second in touchdowns. And that, that I think, was the last piece to where – okay, this guy's going to the senior bowl. He's probably going to be a top three round draft pick. And so with that in mind, get him the rock. Just keep doing what you're doing. Please Close your eyes and throw, and he's going to be there. You're you're going to find this guy. This offensive line is decimated. I mean, it's starter after starter after – I mean, I don't even know who's going out there. I mean, it's like a, hey, hey, student body, can you go backwards? Come on down. We we need an extra guy. And so it's a tough situation for B.C., this one you you got to get this dub. Don't don't you don't, don't don't do it. Don't embarrass the league here. You better don't not. do it. What's crazy about Zay and what he's doing is that there are no other threats around him. That that's what's so impressive about Zay Flowers. None that you got to worry about. Is None that you got to worry about. They know yeah. that the ball's going to him <laughs> right. and he gets open. It's crazy. It's unreal. But anyway, that game you better not. Okay. Miami at Virginia. This game, man. Miami's a two-point favorite, 12.30 p.m. on Bally Sports, somewhere, find the game if you want. And also, I'll just tell you this, if if we have any um, Bristol, Connecticut listeners, uh, it's on the Yes Network up in Bristol. Found it. Is it really? Miami, Virginia? Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Okay, interesting. (laughs) The same network uh, that had all those cut-ins to Aaron Judge hitting whatever, and they are bounced, and they got swept. Thank you for interrupting me. That's awesome. We were watching Aaron Judge. Take I wonder if we could get the podcast on the Yes Network. <laughs> um, the answer is probably no. Okay, so this game, Miami's a two-point favorite. We don't know if Tyler Van Dyke's going to play. Mario Cristobal said, Tyler has improved a bunch. Status still unknown. We'll determine that later. Okay, not sure. Jake Garcia has been a little bit of a turnover machine. He's TVD's backup. The, this game, expect turnovers. Virginia has 19 turnovers this season. Miami has 16. Now they did have eight in their most recent game. I just, I don't know where this locker room is, Mac. I don't trust this Wait, team which, to go on the team, road. Which team are you talking about? Miami. I mean, UVA is coming off I think it's applicable to both. Go ahead, though. I'm sorry. Sure. But I think UVA is at least coming off a win. They did some good things on the road. They're feeling a little better. Mm-hmm. Miami, they're not sure if they, if they have their QB, and they just got boat raced by Duke in the second mm-hmm. half. I, I don't trust either team. But I, I think that UVA is in a better place. I'm going to take Virginia plus two. Yeah. I this game is just I'm I, I want to watch because I just don't know what's going to happen. But especially if Jake Garcia, if TVD plays, you're risking it here. But I'm not sure he is. I'm not sure he's going to play. Yeah, it, this it's, I think it's just going to be an ugly game, like we saw Virginia in last yeah. week against Georgia Tech, where it's. Hey, they gotta win you ugly. get the ball. I'm going to turn over. You get the ball. Here's another turnover. You take the ball. And nobody's going to want to score. Uh, I think if, if TVD does not play, 
the offense has to look a little bit different. But, I mean, the decision-making that we saw from Garcia was just not good. And so and his picks, too, just throwing it to a Duke yeah, player. Yeah, it's like I mean, there was no Miami player in the, yes. on the screen. Like, what was happening? Yeah. So th- this is going to be interesting. I-, I think the Virginia defense has been playing really well uh, relative to the offense. They've getting after the quarterback. They you know have a young man who's leading the league in sacks. It's just it's a weird vibe from both these teams, KG. So when I see this number, I, I just I'm kind of with you just because TVD's hurt. I don't know what Miami's going to look like at all, but I think it's going to be a horrible, ugly game. I, I think the unders surely in play, and at the end yeah. of the day, it's one of those games where somebody's got to win. So let's go with Virginia. Yeah, you're taking UVA as well. I, I mean, without without TVD, I mean, who the heck is Miami? Yeah. I also took Miami last week and they made me regret it. So we're going you're, with are you fading? You're fading the Canes big time. Yeah, I think it's fun right too. now. All right. Our last game here, Mac, and it's a game that we also talked on Wednesday. If you missed our interview with Jordan Travis, go check it out. We really enjoyed chatting with him. He's a big, big country music guy when he's out there fishing. We love talking a little country music with him. Georgia Tech at Florida State. This is a noon game on ACC Network. Florida State is still a 24 point favorite. Georgia Tech is playing at Coy on Sims. They're, they're not saying that he's out, but they're saying that all three quarterbacks have taken, taken snaps this week. FSU's coming off a bye. We know they're feeling good health-wise overall. We'll see about Treshawn Ward. And FSU's run the ball so well. They're, they're playing well, even though they lost three in a row. They have to just get, get off of the ground and, and come back after three losses. But, Mac, I still think this is too many points. Yeah. It's a lot. It's too many points. It's a lot. It's a lot lot of points. I think without Sims, I I feel uber confident about it. I I think that Mm -hmm. with him, you're like, "Eh, there's a shot. And maybe he's limited. Maybe he plays some. I don't know. I don't know, KG. It's going to be something where I think the Knowles are going to want to prove a point. I think that coming off of a bye week, they're going to be a little bit more energized. We heard from – you know, Jordan Travis, he said, listen, coach gave us a little extra time than normal. Uh, guys are feeling good. Guys are confident. We came back, and I felt really good about where, where we were as a team. So I thought it was also really telling how we kind of inter- ended the interview, KG, with talking with Jordan. And, and you asked, what are the keys to the game? And he said, just focus. He said, we have yeah, to worry about us. us. We cannot have the silly penalties. We cannot have the silly plays. We can't have miscues where I'm throwing one. He didn't say this. I'm throwing one route, the receiver's running another route. Like, we have to worry about us. And I think that, that that's when teams start to separate. That's when teams start to, you know, become at this elite status. And as I mentioned before, they're right in the middle of that. They're going through this transition right now. So with all of that in mind, I think I'm going with the Knowles. <laughs> I think that they really? can do okay. it. I'm looking, I'm looking at my pick right here. It says 23 and a half. I think I'm going, I'm going with them. I'm taking Florida State. Okay. I think FSU is going to win. I think FSU is going to going to finish strong. I'm excited to see what this team can but do the rest of the year. The Possibly finish nine and three. But it's too many points. It's too many points. Georgia Tech plus twenty four. Take it. Which people. I get burned we'll on. These. These I always get burned on these massive lines. I don't know yeah. why I think it's going to happen, but I do. You just got to think. 24 points. I think that I think the excitement points. of the Georgia Tech experiment has ran its course. I think now Well, yeah, well, the locker room for Georgia Tech is I, interesting. Yeah, I think it's a weird spot. Yeah. You know, it's it's 
It's transitional. Guys are hurt. Our best players hurt. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I don't know. I just. This is the hinge game for us, Mac. This is the game that we disagree on this oh, week. Good. Perfect. So I'm going to win. That's awesome. Okay. Do you have, do you have the record? <laughs> Can you update the people on who's yes. before we get out of here? I do. I do. Our records so far this Show season. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money as I'm. They're somewhere. Oh, gosh, uh, Kelly. Where did you uh, put them? IT department. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. We're good. We're good. I got it. <laughs> so, Eric McLean is currently um, top two out of two at in second. He is 18 and 22. You're top two, top Mac. Two. You're top two. 18 and 22. But recently, Mac, you've been doing really well. Recently, you have been on, the rise. on, on a the hot rise. Street. Good. And um, your girl is 23 and 18. So we're just flipped. Unbelievable. Yeah, basically. Wait, that doesn't make sense. Then you have to be 18 and 23. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait, let Uh me double check. Fake news. Or you're 19 and 21. Oh, no. No, I know what I did. I know what I did. I put. This is unbelievable. Because our records were three and two last week because we both missed Georgia Tech. But I put three and two for me. And I I think I only did three and one for you. Just like the votes in Georgia. We need a recount. Rattle it up. Let's now everybody's it doubting. <laughs> I will say this too, by the way. I am in first place on TV in the huddle by Let's a go. very wide margin. So I'm this not is not a true indication of my picking ability. This is just teams letting other teams kick field goals to break the points at the end of the game, which hurts my So feelings. what you're telling me is if I was on the huddle, I'd be dominating. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like, KG. Unbelievable. Let me get us out of here because, as you said, I have to go catch my American Airlines flight that may or may not take off on time. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, But that's it from us, guys. Great episode. A a pretty big weekend, KG. There's a couple of games in here that I'm really interested. Can't wait to see them. Next week's a biggie. There is a ton of great games. There's like nine games on at 8 p.m. I don't know how we're going to watch all these games. Let's go. We'll be heading to NC State. Cannot wait to be on the ground there. That's going to be super fun. But that's it from us. Uh, We'll be back Monday to break this whole thing down. Can't wait to talk with you guys. Uh, Go over to YouTube. Go over to SiriusXM. Go over to Apple Podcasts. What else are we on? I think we're on Amazon. There's a couple other places you can find us. Just search Gramlick and Mac Lane. We need you guys to lock in, subscribe, rate, review. It's always fun to hear from you guys, but until next time, we'll see y'all.